Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Westridge Podcast. This is the After Message Edition, where our goal each week is just to wrestle with the Sunday message and see if there's an application or two that we might be able to make together. You know, I'm really looking forward to this particular conversation because the focus of it and the focus of our message yesterday was centered around this question, or will be, is God in every situation, regardless of how it might look to us at the time, is He trustworthy? Well, if you have walked with God um, for any amount of time, then there will undoubtedly be moments uh, where His way is either uh, confusing, it might be frustrating, and sometimes I think it can even be hurtful to us, if we're being honest. So the question is, what do we do with that? Because I think it's a very real question, and and it's one that we're going to wrestle with today on this week's episode of our podcast. I'm Steve Veal. I'm going to be your host today. And if you haven't already done it, I want to encourage you to download and subscribe to the podcast. Hit that little notification button so you'll know when the next uh, podcast episode is available. And do us a favor and share it with somebody who might enjoy listening in with us as well. They can find us at westridge.com backslash podcast or on any of their streaming platforms. So I'm excited about our guest today, uh, particularly for this conversation. Uh, A lot of times we will plan out our guests uh, to the particular conversation that uh, or the topic that we're going to have. And today, that's not the case. That's not what we did this time. But it just so turns out the perfect two fellas uh, that I have in the studio with me today are just perfect for this conversation. I'm really excited because I think it's just going to be uh, going to be so great. And so I want to introduce them to you. First is Richie Shira. Richie is married to his lovely bride, Shelly. They have seven kids between them, uh, seven grandkids and number eight, uh, grandkid number eight is on his way, and he and Shelly are small group leaders here at the church. And good friend of mine, uh, long friend of mine, been at Westridge a long time, Richie Shira. Uh, Richie, great to have you, man. Uh, thanks, Steve, for asking me. And yeah. uh, by the way, you inferred that I was old yes. in my text the other day. That's uh, right. I think you're older than I am, actually. Yeah. So Right. Well, I'm, I'm just, 52. So You're only 52. I thought you were 62. And we also have in the studio with us today. <laughs> We also have on our uh, our podcast today, Robert Owens. Uh, Robert is my next door neighbor. He's married to Tammy. He and Tammy have four kids. Uh, two are now in heaven. And uh, he's a granddaddy to Joshua. He serves as a head coach on our guest services and assimilation teams. And he and Tammy are small group leaders as well. So great to have you as well, Robert. Well, thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm finally, it's about time, right? I know. Right well, finally on the no, podcast. I know. Yeah. Absolutely. I know you listen all the time. Both of you guys listen he's, a lot. He's, he's, been, he's been hiding us. He didn't want us on there. <laughs> That's right. Well, I've been kind of waiting for just the right moment. Yeah. And then, and now the... And now the time is here, well, Robert. <laughs> I was told that we could talk some Braves baseball, some hot stove league, <laughs> so right. I'm ready for that. So here's a connection with that I have with these fellas. So we have been in the same uh, married group for a number of years. These guys are long-term Westridge uh, attenders, um, all the way back to really near the beginning of the church, and um, and just have been through a lot of life together. I mean, we have done a lot of things together. Um, uh, just we've grown together. We've cried together. We have... We have celebrated together. We have prayed over uh, our kids, and um, just a lot of lot of tough things we've been through, and also a lot of good things. That's what community is all about, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we say well, what happens in group stays in group, and yep. mm-hmm. I know on many adventures we've had, we've got the pictures to prove it. So uh, we do, we do. But yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a fun ride, and you're right, Steve. We've done a lot of life together. Yeah, there's a reason me and Shelley, when we started our own group, said we weren't leaving. 
the old group, right. too. I mean, we're still part of, you know, y'all are part of our family, so yeah, we're so not we, leaving. So we always try to multiply our groups. You know, we try to find somebody who's who would be a great leader and, and send them out. And so I was pressuring you and Shelly really hard. Yeah, for I a knew, while. Because I knew you yeah. guys would be great leaders. And so finally, I got you to uh, to start a group, but but you stayed with our group. And that's so you right. do two groups You tried to run us away, but, that, you know. That's right. Well, that's just a kudos to you, Robert, for being a great group leader. Nobody that's what wants it is, to leave. absolutely. Can't right. get anybody to leave. We had to have one person that really knew the Bible in our group. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, then, you know, it was good to have Richie as well. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah. I'm getting coffee later, so uh, just give me your orders. That's right. Well, guys, I want to jump into our conversation because I think, man, we've got so much to talk about today. Um, uh, so we're wrapping up the Castaway series. Um, we've been studying the book of Jonah. And this week, Paul Richardson was um, back as our teacher, as you guys know. And he titled his message, uh, The God I Thought He Was, The God I Thought He Was, um, which I thought was a very insightful message. And uh, so I think the overarching theme of this part of the story here in Jonah um, makes us wrestle with what kind of looks and feels like uh, the inconsistencies that we sometimes see in Scripture when it comes to God. I mean, sometimes we it, it looks and feels like that. So the situation was God told Jonah that he was going to wipe out Nineveh. And now he seems to be changing his mind. Uh, scripture says that he relents from what he was going to do, and the people of Nineveh repent of their sin, and, and God uh, changes his plan that he had made to destroy them, and, and Jonah ain't about it. Jonah's just frustrated with it because he liked plan A. You know, He wasn't all about this plan B. And so I kind of want to jump in right there with, with you guys, because, you know, and Paul said it, uh, people have an issue with a relenting God. Or, in other words, a God who changes his mind. And I'm not sure he was saying that. I'm not sure what he was referring to, but I'm assuming it was the challenge of a God who is omniscient. In other words, he knows everything, right? Past, present, future. Um, he makes a declaration of destruction and then changes his mind when they do uh, what he knew they would do, right? And yeah, that, that I, seemed to be the inconsistency. I kind of look at it a little differently. Okay. I, I look at it as um, God is going to judge sin, mm-hmm. and he does not relent from that. Mm-hmm. That does not change. Mm-hmm. He relents on the punishment towards us just like he does. You know, I, I'm a sinner. I, I, My sin will be judged. But he relents on that. Mm-hmm. And my judgment still was executed but on Christ on the cross. Mm. And so I see that um, God relenting his punishment on Nineveh was because they had repented and trusted him. Now that sin will be judged. All sin will be judged. It's judged on Christ. Mm. But but do you think in the text, the implication is that he changed his mind? Like this is what he was planning to do. And, you know, and he even called that out. This is what I'm going to do. I do. But well, God will judge sin. And I think mm-hmm. he, he will always judge sin. And he's not, that's not going to change. He relented on punishing Nineveh because they repented. Yeah. And, um, I think just like in our own lives, you know, when we come to the point where we recognize, you know, our state and, and, you know, as sinners, that God then relents his judgment upon that sin and places mm-hmm. it on Christ. Right. And, and so Christ pays that's the, the price. That's the picture, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I, I see this as a picture of what he does for us. You know, when we repent and we um, confess and trust in in what in God instead of our own selves, then he relents. Mm. And I mean, he does that for me every day. Yeah. Know? I so if somebody's listening, I think they would say that they agree with all of that, Richie. 
But I would think they would, some might say, but that's not, that's not what I'm struggling with. I'm not struggling with the fact that God judges right. sin or, you know, and, and he makes a way and all that. What I'm struggling with is he said he was going to do something and then he changed his mind. So, but, and, and being omniscient, like he had to have known that they were going to repent. Mm-hmm. So why did he say that in the first place? Why did he, why did he call judgment out on them? when he knew he was going to change his mind. Okay, this is your time, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Noah. Actually, you know, it's funny. When, when Paul said that, I loved his first answer. I mean, I loved the fact that the first thing that struck in my head was, you know, God is God, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, I didn't spend yeah. a lot of energy kind of trying to, sure. to debate if he could or why he did. And so when, uh, when I thought about that first question, I'm like, I- I'm good with that. But then as I kind of thought about it deeper, I kind of— came a little bit onto Richie's line, and I just thought it was comforting to me because it showed God's character, that it's abounding mm-hmm. in love. I love the mm-hmm. fact that he can be moved from anger to favor, and he sees compassion toward the sinner, mm-hmm. and he's ready to forgive. That, that to me, kind of filled me with hope sure. because, because I thought, you know, like Moses did in Exodus 32, I think Paul referenced that, you know, mm-hmm. where Moses reminded God of his promises, you know what I mean? And then God changed his mind. Earlier yeah, in scripture. Right, right. So, and so I kind of thought, you know, there's power in our plea, in our prayer that God has moved on our behalf when we repent. Okay, I want to I want to use a big word going all the way back to, the, to my good old liberty days. You know, um, there's a thing that there's a technique or a or reality, I think, in scripture. I don't even know how to describe it called anthropopatism. Okay. <laughs> don't, that, don't, don't ask the, me to. Is that the pure spider? <laughs> anthropopatism. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the whole idea of it is that there are certain things about God that are just beyond our understanding. They are, and and beyond our ability to communicate them in a way that's that's easily understood. Yeah, I hope within, so. And, yeah, I, I hope right. God's right. right. we can right. imagine. So. And and so here is you know um, a divine uh, a divine being that we're trying to understand with a finite mind. I think is kind of kind of the idea, and so here is um, I guess I guess the thing is so that we can't exactly understand how God works, and so we explain it in the best way we know how because God used humankind to to write down His word, right? And so using our ability to you know the limits of our ability to to, uh, to comprehend those things. So mm. I mean. I, I, that helps me a little bit because I think that that because I, I do think if you keep pushing and keep pushing, you're going to come to a roadblock at some point, you know, where you're just going to be like you're going to put your hands up and go, "Yep, it, it doesn't make all the sense in the world because there isn't any reason why God should change His mind." He, whether here or like Paul talked about with you know Moses and the Egyptians and all all those other things yesterday, I mean, at some point, it's just going to come to a thing that we don't that we don't completely understand and there's all kinds of you know you can read tons about about all that stuff but i think i, I agree with both of you and particularly with what you were saying because I ultimately i think i agree with robert i mean I'm, i agree with paul that at the end of the day um god is a god of mercy and love mm-hmm. and that is that is his go-to I, i've mentioned it two or three times as i've had the opportunity to host we're reading this book right now called gentle and lowly and i've been i have been struck with how the writer describes how far Christ goes to um, to intercede for us and to have relationship with us 
that he becomes gentle and he becomes lowly more than we would ever think or imagine because he wants so desperately to have a relationship. I think with I think us. relationships the key. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's the case with Nineveh. I mean, God would wants a relationship with those people, and when people are willing to trust and and fall at His feet, you yeah. know, then He's going to love them and show compassion to them and, and mercy to them, and that's why. You know, it's it's hard for us to understand in this life, but even sometimes the most what we see as evil people come to repentance, yeah. and God rejoices in that because you know that's that's going to be His family. He will have a relationship. Do I understand that? No. Do we operate like that? No. Mm-hmm. Man, we we struggle with that, and that's why you know Christ came and uh, you know instructed us. No, you're going to love your enemies. Yeah, and we think, yeah, right. How are we going to do that? And so that's a struggle we deal with every day. Mm-hmm. I th- I think for me, you know, having walked with God for a long time now, you know, for several decades, um, that, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you walk with God, you 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 live life as a Christ follower, you you put Him first in your life, you depend on Him, and all those other things, and there there becomes this clarity in your mind that God is who He says He is. And that he does what he says he's going to do. And he is absolutely trustworthy because of what you have experienced in your life. And you have had seasons of doubt and question and struggle and all those other things. But those are like st- individual sticks in a huge pile, right? And, th- and in that pile, there are sticks of doubt and question and all those other kinds of things. But you look back, you step back a ways and you look at the pile and the pile says, I am who I say I am. Right, mm-hmm. and you just you just walk in that, and it just builds your faith, and it builds your faith, and it builds your faith. Is, are there still things I don't completely understand about the scripture? Yes, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. There, there are things that, that that I look at it and I read it and I go, I don't get it because it and and I just but I look by but it doesn't it doesn't rock my faith. Used to, you know, in my younger years, oh, yeah, it, my it used 20s. to. I'd be I'd struggle. Constant questions because it would always make me think if God is inconsistent, maybe He isn't what we all say He is. And that was a that was a absolutely. And you know, when 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 uh, the church started this series on Jonah, I mean, obviously, you know, I thought it was going to be about a fish. You know what I mean? I mean, it started taking on all these layers and layers, and every week, you know, and so I, I very rarely write in church, and I just started mm-hmm. just writing down, you know, all you're this stuff. Asleep? I'm usually asleep. That's right. right. So, yeah. uh, but you know, and so that and this was yeah. one of them. You know, yeah. these layers. Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah, that's really good. So this kind of brings me to the another thing I wanted to, to bring to you, uh, great minds here mm-hmm. this morning. You know, a sticking point I think for a, a lot of people when it comes to really believing in God. You know, think of a new believer is the idea of this: um, How could a loving God allow bad things to happen to good people? How could a loving God, as you know, as they hear about, allow um, bad things to happen to good people? But in this case, in the story of Jonah. It really kind of is the opposite. And so the question, I think, would look something like this. How does a just God allow things to happen to bad people? How does a just God allow good things? That's the part I think I forgot. How does a just God allow good things to happen to bad people? Because uh, I think ultimately it's really an issue of grace intersecting with his truth. Um so do you guys ever wrestle with that, wrestle with God's grace when it seems like there should be judgment? In other words, do you ever wonder why God allows 
certain evils in the world. Does that ever uh, rock you at all? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, being in the construction business, I wrestled that with a lot. I mean, I look Mm -hmm. out and I see uh, people who've, uh, you know, leveraged things and people that use things to to gain wealth and Mm -hmm. and on the backs of other people. Such ungodly ways. Right. And you just just look at that and you just go, why in the world does that happen? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how can that person go by and and get new houses and new toys and then, you know, his employees are struggling financially day to day or week to week? And and so I used to just really struggle with that, and, mm. and really had to ask God for forgiveness a lot because mm. as I see that, I used to just think, you know, you know, make something bad happen to him, strike him down. You know, I, mean, I hate to say that, I, I want I, some of that wealth, but I really would. But you know, as I as I kind of matured, I used to be. I'm showing my age here a little bit. There was a guy uh, called Paul Harvey that did a radio show. Yeah, good day. And his famous line was, you know, and now the rest of the story. Right. And I right. love that because that's good. The rest of the story was there was really no reason to be envious of their their prosperity because it was an illusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. What they had right now. But you have to really kind of grow to that, right? I mean, that's what. Oh, your you point. absolutely yeah. have to grow because to it. it just and, seems so unfair. And I'm still when growing to it. I mean, I have to kind of yeah. in, in my mind go. What I have to know is that that, that you and I carry true riches, mm, which is right. eternity and heaven. Yeah, and that's where we get our value. And that becomes that becomes more than words. I, you know, I, I maybe I maybe I'm just was just a I don't know something bad, but but, <laughs> but, but, I, but I, I, I maybe it's just because I I I always take things at face value. I mean, I str- if something seems inconsistent to me. If you're inconsistent to me, then you're inconsistent to me. I mean, I I, I don't think I'm not filled with grace, but if I can't if I can't make sense of it, then I can't make sense of it. And I would struggle with with what you're you're referring to. But again, I think that I think time with God and walking with God just has a way of of giving you a, a greater perspective. Is what I'm hearing you say, kind of like what I was saying before. Absolutely, but it's still it's still hard on the day to day because yeah. you see it everywhere. You can't just think about that, right? You have to think about all of it. That's why you should tell my son when he was in the worst of his atheistic days, you know, when he was really, you know, deep into atheism, you know, and, and agnosticism and, and all of that. And, and I would just say, Micah, you, you have to have um, intellectual integrity. And what I meant by that and what I would sh- share with him was you can't just spend all of your time wrestling with why there is no God. You know, you have to be willing to look at both sides. I think, you know, Christians can be can be guilty of that too. Oh, you know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take this a little bit different direction. Okay. Um, when I saw these uh, questions originally, my, my first thought was, you know, there, and I'm not going to use specific names, but there are some things that me and my wife are struggling with and some people that, you know, issues and things. The, the hard part that, you know, living the life that Christ asks us to live is loving those people and mm. praying for them and genuinely wanting them to repent and come mm-hmm. to know Him. Mm-hmm. When you know our gut instinct, our human instinct is, you know, I, I want punishment for these people, <laughs> or at least make it yeah, level, right? Right. level the field a little bit, right? And and so taking it that step far, further that um, that Christ calls us to do and love those people and pray for them. Um. Is not easy, but that's that's what we need to do, and that's what we we strive to do. We're striving to look for what God's will in this situation is, even though we know how it's affecting us, and so we want retribution for that. Yeah. But we we know that at the at the in the end game, the ideal situation is for that person to come to know Christ. 
Yes. And that's a hard yeah. thing to deal with. So let's bring this into current events, right? So here we have Putin over there in Russia. And I mean, we're hating on that dude. <laughs> I mean, and with good reason, right? I mean, I mean, he's he's murdering, you know, thousands and thousands and probably going to be, you know, ridiculous by the time it, it's all over with. And And I wonder how many of us as the body of Christ are praying for his salvation. Mm, that is tough. You know, I mean, like, like we're really, we're really praying that, like, what a great leader, what a motivator of people, what a, what a world shaker and world changer if he came to Christ, you know, and uh, what kind of revival could happen and start in Russia and go out to Ukraine and, you know, what kind of healing and, and, you know, restoration could happen. Right. I agree. I, I kind of had that same thought. It was almost this giant as it was played out on our TV screens, this David and Goliath. Mm, and then mm. you saw all of these Ukrainians yeah. praying, and then sure. you saw the world praying, and you yeah. thought, you know, that that something so spectacular is going to happen that only God can get the credit. Right. You know what I mean? And that there would be this great revival played out on, on our screen. Right. How many things on Facebook have you said, pray for Russia? Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> not many. It's all pray. It's all pray for Ukraine and pray right, for the yeah. president of Ukraine. And we should. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing by any means. You know. In fact, we the last couple of Sundays we've because you know because Ukraine really does need or they need God's protection because they have an evil tyrant right now right. who is you know. Well, that's the easy thing to yeah. pray for, and that's what Christians, unfortunately, we do. Mm-hmm. We we can pray for the easy, obvious right. things. It's it's the hard things. It's yeah. it's praying for those people that are wicked that. You know that are clearly not in God's will that we see as an enemy, mm. um, and the thing I have to constantly remind myself of is I once was an enemy. There you go. You know, and um, God took me in, and so if He can ha- if He can show grace and mercy to me, then I should never object to Him showing mercy to someone else. Which is my biggest issue with Jonah. You know, is trying to understand Jonah, mm-hmm. and I know we'll get into that in yeah, a little yeah. bit. But sure, um, because Jonah clearly didn't like the people, no. of <laughs> and with good reason, right? I mean, I mean, right. Assyrians had right. been pretty bad people, you yeah, know, right. particularly to the nation oh, yeah. of Israel. Yeah, so right. you can understand. I mean, That's it's right. literally like somebody who has tortured you, mm-hmm. you know, throughout your life, and then and then I mean, you you see these stories, you know, on on TV or whatever, or in the media, where you know somebody's. A child was killed by somebody, in some cases, brutally killed, and yet they want to meet them to offer them forgiveness and whatnot. Right. And you're just like, man, how does a person find that? You know, yeah. I don't know how they find it without. Christ. Like, well, like uh, tagging on what Richie said, and I think what makes it in our own life is, you know, you can look at the TV and think about Ukraine, but that's so far away from us. That's even true. though we can comprehend it, I think what brings it home is what you mentioned earlier, and that is, what about someone who has hurt you? That you knew. Right. What about a family yeah. member? Good what point. about a father or a brother or someone yeah, that you loved or someone yeah. that, that you were authentic with and they wounded you deeply? Mm. And now all of a sudden you have that and you wonder why why did you allow that to happen? Yeah, and think, how do you offer forgiveness? And I know yeah, that that's a right. tougher battle. You oh, know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I've lived through that a little bit, you know, where you all of a sudden you find yourself up under somebody who you know. Uh, either is not a believer or claims to be a believer, but is not showing yeah. the fruit of the spirit, yeah. and and they are causing you personal pain. Sure, that yeah. that's a tougher. Oh yeah, that's Man. that's where the 
<laughs> Go ahead. There's Go ahead, so Steve. much to talk about. Oh this. yeah. I, I mean, I, I this stuff. Well, you did say I, we I had three hours, this. right? That's what <laughs> right. we. Well, there would be a catered lunch. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm kind of expecting that. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. I'm not going to let that happen. Um, <laughs> well, I do want to move on because I I think this is where you know. I, 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 well, I'm mean, just a, just intrigued to, to talk about this. You know, there was a part of the story, I think, um, and you alluded to a second ago, Richie, that I think hits very close to home for us. Um, and it's the lesson of God walking uh, through Jonah that we see when, when he gives him a shade, when he gives him shade um, from the tree, allows, you know, the tree to grow up and, and brings shade over him. And then, and then right after that sends a worm um, who eats away that shade and and Jonah isn't about it. I mean, he's he's really frustrated. I think he's for him. It's maybe his last straw. It's the last thing that that um, he seems to be able to take before he can just you know he's just done. And and so he's uh, ultimately kind of at the end of the rope. And he, and he's really wrestling. I think with the goodness of God. You know, um, are God? Are you a good God? Um, I mean, I mean, not just to mention what you let how you let Nineveh off the hook. But here you are, and this is what you're letting happen to me, you know. Um, and and it became very personal um, for him because now he's experiencing personal pain. And so, I just wanted to ask you guys: when it comes to wrestling, sometimes with the goodness of God in your lives, I know you guys have lived long enough to experience highs and lows in in your lives. And I wondered if you um, obviously you have experienced it. If uh, like, how have you worked through that, and and what are the details of that? Hmm. You want to go first? Right. You go, I've been going oh, first. Well, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't have uh, enough time in our podcast. But for me, it's probably uh, the closest to home is losing both of our daughters mm-hmm. in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I had we had two daughters. Uh, both died early. Uh, one, uh, kind of two sides of the spectrum. One was very sudden and very tragic. Mm-hmm. Caught us off of guard. Um, and then the other was diagnosed, uh, and that was Vanessa. Uh, and then Shanna was diagnosed with this rare neurological disease where it was a slow, progressive terminal illness that almost seemed cruel. It, yeah, well, it did. It was cruel. Right. I mean, I mean, not cruel by God, but it was cruel to her because right. it was debilitating. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and both of watch. these situations, you know, they had a common theme for us, and mm. particularly for me, is why would he allow this to happen? I mean, you know, these were kids that grew up in the church. They loved the Lord. We loved the Lord. We served. You know, he had given them to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this tragedy hits. Yeah. And so, and I remember thinking uh, through this process, particularly with Vanessa, and you were there, you know, that I knew who God was. Yeah. I knew that he had the power to heal both of them in different circumstances. I knew that just one, one move of his hand and Vanessa could be healed. And I was crying out, and I was begging for him to heal her in that you know ICU at Grady, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I really thought he would. I mean, I really thought that that he had given her to me. I had protected her. Mm-hmm. We had gone through uh, uh, lots of issues in her life, mm-hmm. and so I was just sure that he would, and he, yeah. and he didn't. And, and I, I think you know, in both situations for you, Robert, as we walked through that together as a group, and mm-hmm. and even as neighbors and and close friends. I mean, in both situations, those were both extremely hard because Shanna's was long and as she got worse and worse and worse and worse, and it became harder and harder and harder on, on both of you. And then the two of you and Tammy, 
Shanna being um, her biological child and and Vanessa being your biological child, it was even a challenge between you as parents because there were there were connections and there were not the same connections. Right? That's right, absolutely. And, and, and I remember that was that was very challenging for you guys in your marriage. But both of them were so were so difficult, and you've been really transparent about it. So, in, in the and in the inspiring past. too. I mean, yeah. me and Shelly have talked yeah. about so many times how you and Tammy just inspire us. And right. when, in fact, we still share with people your experience and how you inspired us during that, because we've had other friends have had tragic situations occur, especially with their kids, and um, it's something that you just can't imagine going through. And when we saw how y'all handled those things. Y'all just in, inspired us with y'all's love, and and um, and I and I know that wasn't easy, and it was something you were struggling through, but it, you were just inspiring. Us. Well, it was. I tell you what, it 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 took it took the whole group. I mean, our group mm-hmm. came alongside of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we know that groups are so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a great part of fellowship, but in our life, it was the glue that held yeah. us together. Yeah. I mean. Uh, in both of these circumstances, you know, our group came around us and they loved on us and they, they fed us. But I mean, they really just, you know, held our arms up and we couldn't hold our arms up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this anger, it was funny through that kind of, uh, you know, metamorphosis, I would say, is that where I was, I was thankful that God was faithful in his promises to me. I was, mm-hmm. but I would not be honest to not say that I didn't have moments of doubt. What did that look like? Describe that to me. Uh, I was going, you know, probably, God, why would you allow this to happen? God, uh, if I'm being really transparent, God, you know, I love you. I I, I serve you. Sure. I, I, I totally I, understand. I talk about you. And yet, you yeah. know, as we talked about it before, I see I see other things you know, uh, where, you know, I'm going, well, why didn't that happen to them? Right. I mean, right. why, why, why now? Totally. Why this particular moment in time? Yeah. And what I didn't know really, and this is looking back, you know, from the 30,000 foot view after the fact, what I really didn't know is that God was using both these circumstances to draw me closer to him. Oh, yeah. There's no, listen, Robert, there's no doubt, right? Would you, you would agree? No, right, absolutely. No doubt how God used it. Because, I mean, I, I tell you, I walked you, I, I watched you walk through some dark days. I watched Tammy walk through some dark days. I, I, I remember just sitting in silence with each of you, you know, just knowing that, you know what, we don't need words right now because, um, they're just gonna fall. They're just gonna fall off the end of our our lips and right. mean nothing. That they don't need words. In fact, a week after Vanessa died, we had a camping trip planned for some friends. You and and Tammy and and Christy and I and, and some other friends. And um, you decided you wanted to go because you just needed to go. And and I was so, I've told you this a bunch, but mm-hmm. so Im- impacted by that because you are the most jovial, happy, to- <laughs> you know. Um, show tunes <laughs> describes your personality. Feel fault. <laughs> that, that's right. But but in that week, you were just incredibly quiet. Right. Right. You, know, you hardly said a word. You know. And and I remember just grieving in my heart, going, "There's nothing. There aren't any words to be said. Right. You know. It just just have to let you 
wrestle with the goodness of God right. um, in, in that week. In well, that and, moment. and I'll tell you to, to, to tie a bow around that because I, I want to hear what uh, Richie said. But, you know, it was funny because I remember thinking back, it didn't take, it took a little bit of time. It didn't come, it didn't come overnight. But I do remember knowing that where I had cried out for God to save Vanessa, that he did, mm. that he was faithful in that. That, Explain that, that. Looking well, that that I wanted her to be saved here for this earth. I wanted okay. her to be saved for me. Right. I wanted yeah. her to yeah. be saved for mine and her relationship. Mm. And what I came to know as fact was that he was protecting her. Yeah. That he had saved her and he had called her home. Right. right. That, that mm. actually ties a little bit into this with Jonah because you know one of the translations actually uses the word compassion. God talks about mm-hmm. the, yeah. Jonah has compassion on the. On the mm-hmm. vine or the or the or the bush or what, mm-hmm. you know, and think about that. I mean, um, Jonah was willing to have compassion on something that benefited him, and that's what he cared about. But Nineveh, you know, those yeah. people, he didn't have any interest in having compassion on those yeah. people, you know, yeah. and and. That's something that you know, as a Christian, and, and you talked about the fact that we've walked a long time, and we it'd be scary to think about how much we've this the three of us combined to walk through as as a Christian. But you know, you learn um, how God's compassion towards you is the way I've always looked at it. I see God just continually show compassion to me and, and mercy to me, um, and and the more I receive that, and the more I see that God does for me in spite of who I am. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not a, a righteous person away from Him, separated from Christ. I'm, I'm, you know, terrible. I'm, 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 I'm a sinner. I'm, you know, I should be separated, but, but God's called me righteous, and the fact that He shows me mercy, I can't hold mercy and grace away from other people and be, you know, and and be hate for or be you know that i mean it's basically a transformation i mean that's what we're going through as christians we're being Mm, transformed into more and more like christ yeah and you know when i was in my early 20s and i questioned everything yeah you know that i wasn't enough like christ yet to understand or grasp all that i mean it's it's a process and um, there truly does come wisdom with age you know when we're you know with christ yeah, so. so good. I know, Richie, you've been through some some tough things over the years. You know that we've yeah. that we've walked with you through a lot of those self inflicted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, my previous marriage uh, fell apart, and um, can yeah. I can I just jump in there for just a yeah. second because I want to share something. I think I've shared this with you, but but I think this would be encouraging. So, you and I had the opportunity of. Um, Going through reengage together, mm-hmm. or we went uh, through that with our wives, mm-hmm. and we've I've seen this throughout my whole ministry, you know, in counseling and things that we do. That you know, when we wrestle through the, a lot of these things, that a lot of people have a very hard time seeing their own faults in a divorce. Um, we hear it over and over and over it of why the other person is unbearable to live with, mm-hmm. and how they can't. You you. Um, what I was, what I was taken by, and Chrissy and I talked about this a bit. What I was really taken uh, back in, or encouraged, I guess I would say, through that whole process is in each situation we were talking about principles of communication or, or selflessness, or you know the different things we were learning and, and reengage. You kept applying them to you, mm-hmm. 
to yourself, taking full responsibility for mistakes you had made, mm-hmm. and 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 almost never mentioning. And, and obviously, there were challenges on the other side of that marriage. You know, some things that made right. the marriage incredibly difficult, and and ultimately made the marriage dissolve. Right. But you kept looking back about what you could have done differently. Right. And I got to tell you, man, well, that that's that's so refreshing because that's where life change happens. The reason that me and Shelley really wanted to go through that course because when we did we were still kind of newlyweds mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. we did not want to repeat the mistakes we had made which most people do yeah which is exactly right which mm-hmm. is why I'm, the percentages of second marriages falling apart are even worse than right. you know first marriages and we did not want to repeat and mm-hmm. go through and do the same things wrong again so we wanted to really look inside of ourselves and figure out the things that we screwed up on I mean, we already knew some of them, but you know that that class was so good and for us digging, and we and we made some huge progress through that class. And you know, I guess we can plug we that did, real yeah. quick. But that's you know, I would suggest anybody go through it. Um, but that it, because uh, you know, if we simply point the finger at other people and and blame everything on them. We never grow. And and mm-hmm. if we're going to grow and be more like Christ, we have to look at ourselves. Um and yeah. recognize that you know this is this is well it's it's kind of like what Paul talked about Sunday. This is where revival starts is right here with me. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And and so if That's we right. really want revival in this church, we've all we all need to stop looking at the at the issues with everybody else around us but yeah, look at so ourselves. Good. Yeah, reengage was really good. We, you know, we went through it as a group, right? And which I think may be the tougher way. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, when you go through reengage with a with your group that's been together for ten years, you know each other's secrets. <laughs> you do. And so I was having to bribe Steve constantly. <laughs> you know, Robert he would, would give an answer. Would be, Come on, I know, I know. He would give an answer. It would be like the perfect time. Rip that bandaid off, and, and Steve would give me the look, and and I was like, oh gosh, darn it. Yeah. No, here we go. So. Which really isn't. Let's say that's really not typical for reengage because most people don't know each other the no. way that we knew each other, and so you know you're not being compelled to rip the money. No, but I will tell you this: I would, you know, and and you know, reengage really was part of Tammy and my story. It is unbelievable. Yeah, it's an unbelievable ministry, and and uh, really everyone should go through it. Yeah, so good. So something that Paul just kind of threw out there. Um, Quickly in passing, I'm not even sure if he said it in all three services, but he did in the service I I had a chance to sit in, which was the the nine o'clock. He talked about you know in wrestling with these things and wrestling in cir- circumstances and situations where you just your situation that you're finding yourself in is causing you to wrestle with the goodness of God, with the sovereignty of God, with the purpose of God. Um, you know. And all of those things. He talked about one of the ways to work through that is you have to walk slowly with God. You have to walk slowly with God. And I wanted to add, I have my thoughts on what that, how I think of that, but I wanted to ask you guys, what does that mean to you when I know there have been, I, I know I've seen it in seasons where you guys have had to walk slowly with God. So tell me what that means to you guys. Mm, well, for me, really, it's walking, it's, it's going day to day. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hour to hour. Mm, and I great. remember when, yeah. when uh, after both of our daughter's death, I mean, my cry was, Lord, get me through this hour. Lord, get mm. me through this minute. Yeah. And I remember I would, I would say, you know, help me see you in this time. I need to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember uh, kind of proposing or purposing in my heart that I needed to see the joy that he had promised me in the morning. 
that mm-hmm. if I could make it through mm-hmm. the night, it always seemed like the night was a tough time. Right. But if it I, happened to be during the day. <laughs> that's right. 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 But if I could yeah. get joy right. in the so morning. So good. And if he could do that. And I just remembered that as I, as I started doing that, and this, this kind of changed my whole perspective, I found out that my time in the Scripture uh, was what sustained me. Mm-hmm. Where the Bible used to be this book of stories, and you pull it out to go to church, or you you pull it out when it was time for group or something. Mm-hmm. That this that this truth got to be what really was food for my soul, mm-hmm. and it was it was it was time in the Word, it was time in prayer, and it was minute by minute, hour That's by great. hour, verse by verse, and and then I began to realize that at that point that God was really interested. Uh, in the details of my life, mm. he was de- he was interested in my hurt and my anger yeah. and my crying out, and that really uh, kind of transformed me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in it my did. walk. It I really think it did. did. I saw it. I was watching. Yeah. I kind of looked at it this question differently, um, I, and of course, I don't think I can answer it as good as you just did. Um, for me, walking slowly means walking in the moment right now and not mm-hmm. looking to tomorrow yeah, because yeah. for me mm-hmm. if i Good think you. about tomorrow i want to worry and god tells us not to worry mm-hmm. so i'm i need to stay in the moment and and god's really put me through a lot especially in the last couple of years with the idea of my security is in him now not to worry about tomorrow um, not to worry about the next job or the next project or where the next dollar is coming from, but trust him. And that has been the hardest thing um, for me. But living slowly to me has just been living today and not worrying about tomorrow because mm-hmm. that's something I tended to do. And and, yeah. and still, I still struggle with it. Yeah. But That's interesting you said that because I was thinking that, you know, to me, walking slowly means you're not thinking about the destination Think about, you know, when you're walking quickly, what, what's on your mind? Where you're going. Yeah, yeah. The destination. But when do you walk slowly? When you first met your wife, you know, <laughs> you know or, or something, you know, and you're just, you know, or, or, or hopefully, you know, as you're getting to know your wife more and more, as, you know, as the years pass and you just want to walk slowly because, because what's the goal there? Not the destination. Okay. It's the relationship. Right. You know, to, I want to know her. I want to understand her. I want to know what she's think, thinking and feeling and struggling with. So that's the purpose. The purpose is the time, not the destination. That's good. You know, that's so good. I, yeah. I love what both of you guys said. I, you know, I knew this was going to be a good conversation. First of all, just because of how practical you guys walk with God. And, and your walk with God um, is so real. Each of your walks with God, and you lead your families so well. You lead your wives so well. Um, we have great discussion uh, when we gather together for our small group. And um, I tell you what, community is real, isn't it? It is absolutely. It really is. And I, I just want to thank both of you guys for your thoughts, and thank you for being willing to take time out of your busy schedules. Both of you guys are are uh, uh, very busy guys in your work, and uh, I thank you guys for taking the time to be with us. I enjoyed it, Steve. Now, yeah. where are you taking us to eat? That's <laughs> Wherever you want to go, man. <laughs> Wherever you want to go. I have time in three weeks. <laughs> so if you're listening, uh, I just want to thank you for listening in with us. Um, it's been a great conversation. Hope you've enjoyed it. If, if you haven't already, be sure to download and subscribe. Um, share our podcast, if you will, because we'd love to get this conversation uh, out to as many people as possible. Again, tell them they can go to westridge.com backslash podcast or just go to their listening platform. Um, and so just know that uh, this is a, something we hope for you, that, that you can find a next step or something that might be encouraging for you as you walk with God today. And as you do that, just remember that you are loved, everybody. <laughs>